Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Topical Brainstorm, or more. I feel like we need a, a soundboard, some yeah, sound that effects. Yeah, that would be kind of fun. We should go with that voice. We should look into that. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I'm Garrett, here with Christian. I'm sure there's an app. Like a soundboard app? Yeah. Probably. I don't know why, when we start recording, Scarlet all of a sudden just goes right for my crotch. But <laughs> Sorry. Every time. She's been better behaved this time Yeah. than last yeah. week you were here, two weeks ago. That's true. Uh, yeah, again, we're recording more regularly, which has been yeah. nice. Um, Since we live only two or three miles away yeah, currently. 15-minute drive, 10-minute drive. Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, how how's your week been? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. I got one funny story to tell. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you can see on my face, but I have I have a couple wounds from this morning. There was like a line, and my nose was really red. I don't know if it's still there at all. Anyway, I I was getting up early, and I. You know, trying to leave the bedroom without being too loud to wake up Kylie, like, more than I need to. Uh, so I, I left our bedroom. I, like, got dressed. I went to the bathroom. I brushed my teeth. I was about to head downstairs to my office, and I realized that I wasn't wearing my glasses. So I walked back into <laughs> my bedroom, and I found my glasses. They're just, you know, on the bedstand where they always are. And then, for some reason, I turned off my flashlight. <laughs> Gosh, why now? Why now is she suddenly into you? Um, I turned off the flashlight on my phone and I was like, I can get out of here without the light. <laughs> and I walk over to a bathroom door and it's still slightly ajar. So I, I get my hand on the doorknob and then I, I kick accidentally this box where Kylie keeps all of her, like, uh, her, her bloat and dryer and all her makeup stuff for getting ready. And I, I've stubbed my toe on that 10 times, and it always hurts. This time I kicked it, like, pretty solidly, uh, enough to where I was like, oh, I know where I am. And so, like, had the doorknob, I kicked that thing, so I was like, okay, i got to move over, like, one foot, and then I can walk through the entrance of this, this doorway. And I do that, but I just, like, smack the wall, like, the trim, with my nose and my forehead, just like, poof, and my glasses are all skawampus, and... And my house is really loud. <laughs> like, <laughs> it felt, it felt uh, like the whole house was shaking. And that's probably an exaggeration. I obviously couldn't see anything, but uh, <clears throat> my nose is red for most of the day. Maybe it's still not. Maybe it's not anymore. No, you got a line on your head though. I do have a line. <laughs> I was from this morning at like six fifteen a.m. when I walked into the wall in my bedroom. <laughs> so that was probably the highlight of my week. That was pretty funny. How was your week? It was good. <coughs> uh, waiting to hear back for uh, for some job op- uh, opportunities. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Should be here back tomorrow or the next day. Uh, yeah. Get gotta get something. Yeah, you feeling stressed about that job search? Yeah, or pretty, I was. Pretty relaxed but... about it. I've kind of sat around the last few weeks, and it's been really nice. <laughs> yeah. But I do need to find something. <laughs> so, yeah. It's been pretty good. 
You ready to jump into it? Yeah, let's go for it. Uh, we are still going through the untethered soul, still trying to decipher all of Michael A. Singer's thoughts. And uh, you feel like you're getting better at it? I feel like I'm I, understanding a little bit more, maybe. I think I understood it <coughs> more than you did from the start. More than I did. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this part had some good stuff in it. It did. Um, I feel on, like we're on part three. Yeah, part three, which is titled "Freeing Yourself," and uh, yeah, I feel like I'm starting to get more of the full picture of what this guy's all about and what he's really trying to to teach. I am so sorry. <laughs> she was like so relaxed until you started using your announcer voice. Yeah, Kennel. At least someone likes my voice. Kennel. I like your voice. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, a lot of good stuff. Uh, chapter 8, the first of four chapters in this part, was titled Let Go Now or Fall. And he talks a lot about fear. Um, and he kind of lays out <laughs> the path that one can follow if they live in their fears their whole life. Uh, needless to say, it's just pretty bad. You... Uh, not a lot of peace, not a lot of, of inner peace or happiness. Um, and one thing he really talked about was how if you always live in your fears, you are constantly just sending out bad energy into the universe. And that eventually comes back to you. And a lot of it is just in the form of the way people treat you. Because uh, if you're always living in fear, eventually that's going to come out. People are going to see that in you. Um, maybe it's you snapping at somebody or whatever it is, but that is then going to influence the way they see you and the way they interact with you. And it kind of creates this positive feedback loop that just, it's just all bad. Um, yeah. just bad energy. Uh, and I like that idea. Yeah. Uh, what I liked from that chapter is he talks about, uh, how if you live in your fear, you can't grow. Like you don't have any spiritual growth or personal growth because um the part of you uh, he so in the book here's a direct quote the part of you inside that's not okay with fear can't fa face the natural unfolding of life because it's not under your control so you 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 start by being okay with the things you fear uh, you you have to be okay with that emotion, with that feeling. And you have to be able to process it in a healthy way and recognize it. And when you're able to do that, then you're able to get past it and grow. Um, he also said, as you grow spiritually, you'll realize that your attempts to protect yourself from your inner problems actually create more problems. What do you think about that? Yeah, I liked that. And that's kind of a theme of this part is he talks about how so many of us decide, well, he kind of lays it out that we ask ourselves, how do I protect myself from this fear? Or how do I protect myself from this problem? And when we do that, we can live our entire life trying to protect ourselves from a fear or a problem instead of getting to the root of it and fixing it. And the, the question we should be asking ourselves is, how do I get rid of the problem? Um, and he uses an example, I think it's loneliness. Yeah. At one point, and he lays it out how you 
you try to change your behavior so you're not lonely, you um, make friends just to so yeah, so have people around you so you don't feel lonely, or you get married to someone who doesn't make you feel lonely as opposed to someone you probably should have married instead, or I think he says you need to get yourself right and figure out that fear before you get married, right? Yeah. Um, but how this, when you do those things, any fear that you have, whether it's whether it's loneliness, um, whether it's a fear of inadequacy, uh, um, self-conscious of your appearance, worried about being rejected, you can let one of those things run your entire life if you if you try to just protect yourself from that problem as opposed to accepting that problem, seeing that problem, noticing that problem, and just trying to like address it and actually fix it in your life. Yeah. He talks about this law. Uh, he calls it a law. Uh, and I think his, his in paraphrasing his words, he says, uh, when something hits your stuff, let it go immediately because it will be harder to let it go later. Um, and by your stuff, he means like your feelings. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think you're paraphrasing. He he, he, he used that, the word. Exactly? He used the phrase "your stuff." Yeah, he did say "your stuff" <laughs> the I, whole I the whole that. time. Yeah. Um, which I feel like is something we all struggle with. At least I do. I let my feelings get hurt. I just hold on to it. When it's way easier to just let it go, and. Well, it's not easier to just let it go. Once you've let it go, it's easier than living with it. If that makes sense. I think so. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, trying to um, just kind of analyze myself this last week since I read read these chapters um it's hard to discover what yeah like what is my most inner issue that's causing me pain causing me fear like because i'm sure i'm sure there's a part of me that i'm that i have just tried really hard to protect myself from getting hurt you know i'm not i'm not speaking very well right now but yeah like becoming aware of that um, is a difficult process. And I, I haven't like dedicated myself super hard this week to discover it. I can't claim that, but, but it's been on my mind a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely think I have some fear of, of loneliness. Yeah. Um, I think we all and, do. Yeah. And I'm, it's not an uncommon thing, I'm sure. But like how much of that, how much of my behavior is me just trying to protect myself from that as opposed to me working toward being okay with like being alone. Yeah. And then like filling my life with things that are actually fulfilling, not just surrounding myself with people who make me feel less lonely, you know? Yeah. Uh, that was the aspect that stuck out to me the most is why, why do you do what you do? Why do you have the personality you have? Is it to protect some deep seated insecurity or is it, is it you being that way because you want to be that way? Uh, which is something that I thought about a lot uh, during this chapter. I do have one more question for you. 
So he talks about holding on to things and uh, we often bury things deep within ourselves and then we base often unconsciously our decisions um, off of this insecurity or or whatever you want to call it. And we try to protect it and we keep it close to ourselves. Uh, is there a difference between letting things go and burying them deep inside? Because he, he talks about letting go of things a lot in this book. And when I first heard that, I often thought that, you know, letting it go and... I, I kind of equated the two together. I was like, it, it sounds kind of like the same thing. Letting it go and burying it deep inside. Well, I feel like when you bury it deep inside, oftentimes you feel like you have let it go. You know what I'm saying? Um, let me try to let me try to rephrase that. Basically, if you, I feel like what you're trying to say is. A lot of times you can bury something and you don't realize you've buried it. Exactly. Like you, you think you think you're over someone. Yes. Until something triggers you and you're like, "Oh, I'm not. I'm just like I haven't let her go. I've buried it." Or yes. Something like that. And something something else I was thinking about. If someone wrongs you and you let it go, um, Jesus said, "Forgive and forget." Is that what you're doing when you're forgiving and forgetting? Are you letting it go? Because I, I honestly think that's a pretty good analogy there. Not analogy. I would. I, I think I agree with you. I think I would equate those two things as well. I think the, yeah, the Christian version of that or the biblical version of that would be forgiving and forgetting. When it comes to, yeah, like someone who's wronged you. Or, well, or a similar situation. The interesting thing is I, I think you could do it the same way that he ex explains it, even even as a Christian. Yeah. Um, I, I think they're pretty much the same the same thing. We just think about it differently. Yeah, different words, same same idea. I agree. You know. Just, um, just recognizing what's happened and then you know making a conscious decision from there whether or not you want to keep that with you or or let it go yeah and i think that's one quote from chapter nine which the next chapter and we've already been talking about it but it's titled removing your inner thorn um and your inner thorn is that fear or that inadequacy that you try to protect yourself from but a quote that he says is the one who notices is already free um which I think a big part of this process is just the ability to recognize um, the motives behind your behavior, right? And and also that in other people, right? Um, but if you can really recognize these things, that that is, I think, the hardest part. Because um, the rest of it is just common sense, you know? You can become aware of this fear you have. It's common sense that the more you do to protect yourself from that, it's not really going to fix anything. Um, for example, with inadequacy, right? If you feel inadequate, you may work your whole life to be really good at something or um, 
work your whole life to, you know, provide for your family because you feel inadequate in that, in that aspect. But like, eventually, if that is your prime um, motive in all your actions, you're going to look around and see someone who's still better than you, you know, and then all those feelings of inadequacy are just going to come right back. Um, so being able to be aware of what is driving your behavior um, in any of these aspects, I feel like is really key to actually yeah. growing and improving. Yeah. One quote that stood out to me in this removing your inner thorn chapter was um, in order to grow, you must give up the struggle to stay the same and learn to embrace change uh, at all times. Uh, I like that. Uh, we, we often fear the unknown, which is what change is. Uh, I don't know. Do you, do you feel like you've gotten better with that over the years? Um, I think so. Um, change. I don't feel like I naturally like it. <laughs> um, I don't think anyone does. I mean, I have, I feel like I have a history of, of fighting change pretty hard. Um, like all the times I've had to move in my life, like once as a kid and uh, you can ask my parents, like that was just really hard on me when I had to move in when I was like 12, 13. Um, and it took me, you know, like two years, I feel like till I really felt like comfortable and happy in like my new state and new school and all that. Um, and like on my mission, every time I got transfers, even if I like, was not loving my companion or the area I was, well, I feel like I loved all the areas I was in. But even if I was like really sick of my companion, it was still like sad to just like change and move and leave. And then, and then like when I had to leave Logan, um, the city of Logan and move to, move to Salt Lake for like my master's program. It's like, that was really sad too. And graduating college supposed to feel like this big happy thing, but it was like, and maybe it's just, I feel a lot of sentimentality or, or nostalgia um, but yeah, like I don't, I don't feel like I naturally like change. I feel like I give that a really long description, but, <laughs> but I do feel like I've, uh, I've just like gotten more used to it and yeah. I still don't know if I welcome it, but I understand the, the need for it. Yeah. And I think what he was getting at with part of this, uh, this chapter is, we often protect the weakest parts of ourselves, the parts that we don't like. We bury them deep inside um, under layers of, of insecurity and habits. And we, we do this thinking that we'll never have to, to deal with it because we don't introduce ourselves to, uh, like we don't face the root of the problem. And we do this because we're afraid of, of change, uh, which... Is really interesting. It honestly, it, it made me think of Ether twelve twenty seven. Yeah. Um, look that up if you don't know what it is. Book of Mormon, <laughs> great book. Uh, but yeah, an, uh, one quote from here that I liked. Um, he said, "Don't doubt your ability to remove the root cause of the disturbance inside you." Uh, you can look deep within yourself to 
to the core of your being and decide that you don't want the weakest part of yourself running your life. And in order to do this, you have to notice. Um, you notice the thorn. You notice what's bothering you. You notice what's causing these emotions. And then you trace it back to, to the root. Uh, like For example, if you're, if you're watching TV um, and you see someone all of a sudden that's in a new happy relationship and that makes you upset or, or you, you start feeling you know, upset or uh, what, it, what are some other adjectives here? Agitated. Agitated <laughs> or what have you. <laughs> um, you have to figure out why you're feeling that way. And maybe it's because you haven't gotten over a past relationship that you've had. Um, you have to notice, and then you have to trace back. And then you can truly let go, and you can heal. Um, and that is how you remove whatever thorn you may have in your life. Yeah, and another quote to go along with that that I liked, he said... It's hard to understand how we all decided that avoiding our inner issue is an intelligent thing to do, but everyone's doing it. Um, which I liked. It's just pretty, pretty simple there. But, yeah. Um, and then he, you have some saying that. Well, yeah, that kind of goes along with this other quote. Uh, well, actually, continue. I was going to change the topic a little bit. Oh, so well, if you I'll, have something I'll, to say. I'll go. Uh, <laughs> One last quote from, from that Thorn chapter. Uh, once you learn that it's okay to feel inner disturbances and that they can no longer disturb your seat of consciousness, you will be free. So it's all right to feel these, these disturbances as they come, and they will come. Um, yeah, it's okay to feel those. Just recognize them. Recognization is the key. Yeah. I said that really weird. <laughs> You're good. Um, Recon, whatever. Recognition. 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 There you go. There we go. <laughs> I was also... Uh, we're done. Recognition? Gosh. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> Recognition. Recognition. Uh, okay. So, the next chapter, which, again... I feel like all these chapters blend together. But in the next two chapters of this part, the last two chapters, um, they're titled Stilling Freedom for Your Soul and then Pain, the Price of Freedom. And he gets into this idea um, of pain, right? And he talks about how the body's universal language is pain. If you feel pain um, in whatever part of your body, say your elbow, you may ignore it for a while, but eventually you're going to do something about it. Eventually you're going to give your elbow some TLC, give it some care, go to the doctor, whatever you have to do to fix that. And then he makes the comparison that your psyche, your, your psyche's universal language is fear. Um, and how we need to treat our psyche like we treat our body. Uh, when we feel fear, we shouldn't just ignore it over and over again for years, but we should do what we do if our elbow really hurt and take care of it, right? Try to address the root problem, try to deal with it. Um, and then how 
if we kind of have that mindset that can help us to to get rid of that inner thorn to deal with that fear to to make it a priority um and then he talks about how the goal in all this is to and it's kind of like what garrett said but you need to tell your mind that it's not its job to fix all your personal problems yeah because your mind is just constantly working on them and he he talks about the idea that um can well, i can i read this real quick yeah it go goes, for it. i'm just gonna read a paragraph straight from the book it says if you mistreat an animal it becomes afraid this is what happens uh what happened to your psyche uh, you have mistreated it by giving it a responsibility that is incomprehensible. Just stop for a moment and see what you have given your mind to do. You said to your mind, uh, I want everyone to like me. I don't want anyone to speak badly of me. I want everything I, I say and do to be acceptable and pleasing to everyone. I don't want anyone to hurt me. I don't want anything to happen that I don't like. And I want everything that I do uh, everything that I do like. Uh, then you said, now mind, figure out how to make every one of these things a reality, even if you have to think about it day and night. And of course, your mind said, I'm on the job. I will work on it constantly. Which I find really interesting because we do all, to a certain extent, expect these things out of our mind without ever having said those words consciously. To ourselves mm -hmm. uh, we it's something we we expect um, and it's unrealistic yeah it definitely is um, yeah I think I I definitely suffer from a few of those thoughts I do too. like and I think everybody does and if anyone claims they they're completely free of every single one of those things that Gary just said I think you're a liar but <laughs> Maybe Michael. <laughs> um, maybe Michael. Maybe. Okay. Maybe I wouldn't call him out on that. But anyone I've ever met, um, we're all here on a lower level. But I, yeah, I think all my friends, I think those who meditate a lot, maybe not. Like maybe they're a little more free of those things. Yeah, like, but I'm sure that's a lifelong pursuit. Yeah. Really. Like if you met like a Buddhist monk, maybe, you know? Yeah. Never met one of those. Me neither. Um, the Dalai Lama. The Dalai Lama, maybe. Uh, so then he talks about what can happen if you actually free yourself from these things. And I'm sure, again, I know we talked about this last episode. He speaks so definitively, but I'm sure there's a spectrum for this, right? I'm sure the more you free yourself from those thoughts, free your mind from that task, that you feel more of these things, but he, he has this list. He talks about how life will be a vacation. Work and family can be fun all the time. And after reading those two sentences, I was like, here we go again. I'm just <laughs> sick of this guy. But then he said something I really liked. And he said, that does not mean you don't do your best. You just have fun doing your best. And he also said, you live your life without getting uptight and worrying about it. You actually live life instead of fearing or fighting it, um, which I liked a lot. Um, I liked that kind of the idea that you can separate yourself from the fear, separate yourself from from the worries, you know, 
it's not like they're not going to happen. They're going to go away. But you can get to a point where all these thoughts are going through your head and you can step back into your seat of self, as he calls it. But you can step back and watch your mind spin and be like, that doesn't have to affect me. It doesn't have to like take up all my attention. That anxiety doesn't have to tell me what to do, you know, which I think that's a really, um, a really useful idea. And uh, one that I think everyone, maybe not the Dalai Lama or Michael Singer, but like everyone in my life can benefit from, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially, I just, I like to write down my thoughts after I finish the chapter um, without looking at the book again. Um, and the last part that I wrote for that chapter is, uh, when we tell our mind that it's not its job to solve all our problems, uh, we can ex we can start to experience true liberation of our consciousness. Um, and I also wrote, has there ever been a day where something didn't bother you? I don't think so. Um, maybe, but there's there's so many little things that happen in my life that I just get hung up on and I think about and I'm like well I should have said this why, why, why can I never think of this in the moment you know like stuff like that um and in reality that stuff just doesn't matter yeah um yeah just kind of recognize that it doesn't matter and let it go uh this the last chapter is called pain the true price of freedom. Um, and he, he talks about how we all have deep-seated pain that we've stored up and it's a blockage in our energy. And most of us don't realize that we have, have this pain somewhere deep down within us and we hide it um, subconsciously and, uh, and sometimes this pain influences every decision we make. Um, and we don't even realize it. And he gives this, he gave kind of a, a weird example, I thought. What was the example he gave? Is it the one of the dog? I can't remember. That's Go what ahead. I wrote down. Go ahead. He gives the example about how uh, if you're trying to feed your dog, you you put you put food in the dog's bowl you shake it and you call your dog right oh yeah, yeah, yeah and then if you he talks about how it's your decision whether or not like let's say that happens and your dog ignores you it doesn't come right if you have the purpose of simply feeding your dog you're just going to be like okay set the set the food down walk away no emotional pain but if you if you're calling your dog for the purpose of just like Let's see. I wrote down the word. If you're calling your dog because you're lonely and you're looking for company, and that would be the example of inner pain or inner fear you have, and your dog doesn't come, then suddenly you feel like you're getting rejected by your dog. Um, which is funny and which I feel like I relate to a little bit, even with my dog, you know, it's like there are times when my dog disobeys me or doesn't come. And it's just like, 
okay, whatever. And there are times when it's just like, I wanted to pet my dog. She doesn't come. It's like sad. (laughs) And that's just with a dog. Like it's so much more with a, with a human and not that you ever call your human to feed them, but (laughs) in a, sometimes call your kids, (laughs) you know, dinner's ready. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. I don't have kids. Maybe those emotions will play kids too. I'm sure they do. Um, but in, you know, real life relationships with humans, when you don't get what you need or don't feel listened to, um, if you've created your life um, and built friendships all to help you not feel lonely, and that's your prime motivator, then yeah, you're going to feel more rejection. You're going to feel that fear and pain more often because you're letting that run your life and influence the way you behave and you act around other people. Yeah. Um, in the earlier chapters, he, he often says like, just let things go. And it's just that easy. Um, which is kind of frustrating, but with this chapter, it's pretty clear that in order to just let things go and for it to be that easy, um, and to let these things pass through you, as he says, Um, to restore your flow of energy, uh, you need to face your problems head on instead of burying them underneath mountains of of insecurities and unconscious decisions. Um, An example I have is like a a, a dating example. Uh, In high school, I, I dated the same girl on and off all through high school, and I didn't really realize how much of an impact that had on my later decisions until years down the road when I was trying to date in, in college. And when I finally realized that a lot of the things I do were because of uh, the habits I had established in high school and the, the insecurities and fears that I had due to that relationship that I had, um, it once I realized that and was able to face that, it dating became a lot easier. Um, which is the only real life example I really have of this. I'm sure I have other deep seated pain somewhere stored up. I just haven't that I just haven't thought about. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, oh, I was gonna say you're getting married in a few months. You got gonna be a whole nother bucket of insecurities <laughs> and, and, and fear coming your way so. <laughs> yeah <clears throat> um one funny little note on this topic for those loyal listeners i don't think we have any other type but um michael singer takes a shot at the first book we ever did on this podcast <laughs> because <laughs> uh, he's talking about this pain and how people will live their entire lives trying to protect their, protect themselves from pain. And I'm just going to read it word for word. But then he says, he's given an example of trying to find acceptance. And he says, then in order to assure your, your acceptance, you try to present yourself in a certain way so that you can win friends and influence people. <laughs> uh, Very funny. Which was pretty funny. Yeah. I'm sure Del Carnegie's upset that we're reviewing this book on, yeah. on 
this podcast. Yeah, he, he's 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 passed on. He's rolling in his grave, <laughs> I'm sure. But um, but I mean that's a good point. You know, I feel like too many people, and I that was one of my main takeaways from the last chapter was like, you need to get some perspective, and um, again, a lot of that is noticing and being aware of of your inner motivations and uh have some recognition 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 uh of um of what's driving you and i feel like so many people just don't um they aren't themselves you know they put on this front they don't behave you know, they're not true to themselves. I know that's a big part of this book, right? Is, is discovering yourself, discovering who you really are. Um, and when you're so worried about what everybody else thinks that you're just trying to please everybody, you're so obsessed with, with, you know, influencing people and making as many friends as you can and never upsetting anyone. Um, if you're so worried about that, you're, you're not going to be able to grow. You're not going to be able to um, be true to yourself. And if you're so preoccupied with everybody's little thoughts, um, it's going to be hard to get outside of yourself and get the perspective you need to, to find that joy, you know, and yeah. to really find peace in your life. Yeah. Uh, one thing that he, that goes along with that, that he mentioned is to gain this perspective. It's, it's often painful. You have to face some uncomfortable truths about who you are and why you why you are and why you do the things that you do um and it's uncomfortable and can be painful uh and we need to learn to be comfortable with this pain because that's really the only way we can uh grow and achieve true true freedom and untether our our soul nice thank you good wrap up thank you uh those are the rest of my thoughts um I did like the the uh, what he was saying about when you have a problem, sometimes it's easy to just look up at the sky and realize that you're on oh, a yeah. small patch of dirt in the middle of nowhere. Um, and what he means by that is like there's so much out there. He says in in a nearby galaxy, there's like a trillion stars, and there's there's a few billion stars just in our galaxy alone. And he, he's, it kind of sounds like he's saying that your problems just don't matter. And to an extent, that's true. Of course, everyone's problems matter, but they, they matter mostly to you and not really very much to anyone else, which is a hard, hard truth. But when you recognize that, I feel like there's power there. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to remember why I wrote down the word perspective in my notes. And that was why. Because I did why. like that part. So you just like, and I think there's a lot of power in, in, you know, being a part of something bigger than you. And I feel like looking at the stars is, you know, you can't help but feel that feeling that you're yeah. just, you're pretty small, but not in like a belittling way. Just like get some perspective, you know? Like. Yeah, I think that <clears throat> when to really untether yourself or your soul 
a good way to do that is by reaching out and not worrying about yourself so much, which I feel like is a part of of gaining that perspective. You know, you have problems and, and they do matter, but other people have problems as well. And when you can recognize that, it's also more perspective that you can you can gain and you can reach out and help others. I don't know. Yeah. And then another thought that like if I have one criticism still of this guy. Although they're 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 my criticisms are diminishing as we get further in the book. And I I did really like this last part, but um I mean I feel like if you met a guy like this in real life that was so perfectly centered and in control of everything, he'd just be really hard to relate to. Really hard to like bond with in any way <laughs> yeah because you'd just be like perfect and intimidating and um so going back to what you said yeah like reaching out to other people talking about your issues like um one takeaway from this is like i know there's the whole perspective of like fake it till you make it but I don't think pretending to be super centered and not fear of not fear of anything, not having fear of anything. And um, I don't think that's going to get you anywhere. You know, I feel like some of the, you know, best like moments of my life are when I've been able to really connect with people over, over hard things that have happened to them or me or um, whatever it is. Like yeah. this is not talking about the book even at this point, but there's just a lot of a lot of goodness in that, and a lot of uh, strength that can come from that. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I definitely think that you shouldn't pretend like you're this this person that never stresses about anything. Like, I, I don't stress out very easily, but I think I stress more than I think I do because sometimes I'm just. Uh, agitated for no reason and it's probably due to stress uh, but I don't, I don't I don't know I feel like I feel stressed differently but you definitely shouldn't fake I've never liked the whole fake it till you make it thing personally. I think it's good advice in a few certain situations Yeah, but not an overarching life principle <laughs> yeah that's fair <laughs> anyway what do you think your inner thorn is Right now? I don't know. No, not right now. Like, look over your entire life. Analyze it. What's your inner thorn? <laughs> we all have, we probably all have too many to count. Yeah, Still but like, what's it. the most inner thorn you have? <laughs> Shut up. Um, uh, I think I'm impressed that we got through this without singing Let It Go. Let it go. There, there let it go. go. I came close to All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thank you. We'll see you again next time.